0: Bridgeway Academy, established in 1989, is the leader in homeschool education. With products ranging from individual classes to full-year curriculum to a private, accredited academy, Bridgeway has everything you need for homeschool success. They've revolutionized the homeschool experience by introducing personalized, customized programs and the packages that fit your students' learning and personality style. For 30 years, they've been supporting families and organizations through homeschooling, helping craft the experience that fits your unique needs and goals. They've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't. As a Bridgeway family, you get the advantages of that knowledge without the bumps and bruises they gained along the way. Bridgeway Academy is your trusted partner for kindergarten through 12th grade home education. Visit homeschoolacademy.com for more information. That's homeschoolacademy.com. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents, Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life.
1: Hey, Kendra.
2: Yes, Fletcher.
1: If I saw you, I'd swipe right. Or left, whatever the good one is. Whatever the good one is, that's You're what I do. You are getting caught
2: because you don't really yeah, know. I do don't you? even know.
1: So, is it swipe right? I don't know. Would
2: you double tap? What's that mean? A little heart on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I double okay, tap. Okay, thanks.
1: I double tap. I'd swipe whatever the appropriate swipe is. <laughs> I'd do that. So, hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. Oh, that was an intro. That's something. This is uh, episode 143 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is five apps every parent should know.
2: And that's why we were talking about swiping and <laughs> double tapping, because <laughs> we otherwise talking. it's a little weird.
1: Yeah, it seems weird. Um, yeah. Hey, we're talking about it, though. We have Leah Neiman from leahneiman.com, um, a longtime friend of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We've yes. hung out with her in real life. She
2: is so knowledgeable about this topic and up to the minute. Oh, you know, on yeah. top of it. So it's, it's a really good conversation. Like she yeah. was sharing
1: things that I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's out there, folks, and she knows what's going on. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but in the meantime, Jason, here comes your fluff. Special needs baseball today, people. Uh, if you <laughs> oh, follow yeah. us on Facebook or Instagram as individuals, not homeschooling in real life, but as individuals.
2: Oh, we can post one on homeschooling in real life
1: page oh, too. Mighty Joe. Who, if you know the story, was not supposed to walk, talk, see.
2: Mm.
1: He was playing baseball today on his uh, miracle league baseball team. Now, so here's something interesting. Yes, uh, my Joe clearly is like got all, he's got all of his faculties. Like he's like a little leaguer playing special needs little league. But if he went up and played normal little league, he couldn't do it. Oh, it was so funny to watch him. Yeah. I mean, he just like was playing with stuff out in the field.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they, it's great. So they assign each kid a, a buddy and they're, the buddies are wearing bright orange shirts which yeah. is probably a good it thing. It said
1: buddy <laughs> on the <laughs> back. And his was Emily.
2: Right. Emily just stood there by Joe and watched him do all the things he yeah. was doing in the outfield. But um, but some really great kids there. There's kids on the autism spectrum and kids in wheelchairs yeah. and uh, kids with Down syndrome and um, they just all got a, a chance to hit. A of
1: sensory kids. A lot, a lot of, of kids yep. wearing like full earphones. Right. Exactly. Know, so.
2: Things too loud or whatever. You know, we know so a lot of you homeschool great.
1: families have special needs kids out there. And so it's a super cool. It was yeah. super cool. And he's on the Braves because he's brave.
2: <laughs> right. And, uh, there were city council people sitting next to us and, um, lots of community support for the day. First day of the miracle league here in yeah, our hometown. I'm going to give a shout um, out. Cause so. you know who,
1: you know, sponsored this field. You know, who paid for it. Yes, I do. The Gallo family. So, yes. if you don't know who the Gallo family is, you're not from Modesto, apparently. But <laughs> Ernest and Julio Gallo were uh, founding um, brothers of the Gallo family wine fortune, yeah. the largest private it is yeah. winery in the world. Mm-hmm. So, this was the stadium. They actually
2: live here in Modesto, which is a little crazy. Yeah, they have yeah.
1: their. I mean, like their well, house. they don't. They, they don't
2: passed away, yeah. but
1: yeah. But they're uh, we're talking the 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 field that wine built. It mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm yeah. I'm super happy when I see um you know, folks like that coming together for the good of the community. They were and they're one of many mm-hmm. that did this, but they were the main ones. Um so yeah. So if you're drinking Gallo wine, um, just know that you're sporting Mighty Joe's baseball league, <laughs>
2: and hey, you know what else I forgot, or the you know just made me think of this. So we we're from this town where people know about Scott Peterson, the Lacey Peterson murder, and the Scott Pe- yeah that was here, yeah. which is so great to be known for, and also Chandra Levy, which if you were aware in the nineties of the the um, congressional aide who yeah. was you know murdered in Washington. Okay, that's from here too. So we have all this negative the, here, the Yosemite here. sites here murder. Okay, all of that here and. Um, yeah. Anyway, we but, had some good stuff. So yeah. we, we, had a, we had a death in our community this weekend. That oh, was a big yeah, one.
1: That, was, that one hurt me a little bit. Uh, Royal Robbins, if you guys know who that is, he you might know him from clothing. If yeah, you If you Royal hang out on REI, yeah. you'll see Royal <laughs> Robbins clothing. And you mm-hmm. might say, what is Royal Robbins It's a man. It's yes. a man that lives, well, he lived right down the street from where we live now in town. And um, he died, he's 82. He was the, the first ascent on Halftone, the first ascent on El Capitan.
2: Uh, both both uh, Yosemite... Rock Yeah, so formations, I mean, if you don't yeah. know what Half Dome is, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I know. threw that out there. It's in our backyard, so yeah, it's familiar so, to us. But uh,
1: but yeah, you imagine back big. in the 60s climbing yes. up these rocks yep. with um, Chucky e. T tennis shoes, yes. cut-off shorts. I know. And uh, they're scaling huge, uh, is the word monolithic rocks?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, huge.
1: Yeah. And, and formed Royal's, by
2: glaciers, so yeah. Yeah,
1: Royal's belief was uh, you you leave no trace. So mm-hmm. there was no pins in rocks. They used, uh, you know all the different ways to climb so yeah that was a huge loss and you know it actually affected our kids because one time we were climbing in the Sierras uh, hiking in the Sierras and and camping and we came down a trail and Royal was on the trail and I knew him personally and so I got to introduce the kids and um, so they knew him (laughs) they knew of him and it's that that's something that's a big thing and then well, well we're going down like modesto natives wow george lucas
2: yeah there's a hey. lot of other people but i well we, you know you have to go through the good stuff about modesto because yeah. people just hear the scott yeah. peterson story and yeah
1: well that's enough of that kind of fluff mm-hmm. yeah so we fluffed out today jason we hope that was adequate for you let's get on with our show uh, where we sit down with leah neiman to talk about the top five apps every parent should know we'll be right back All right, folks, this is how sponsorships work. Caroline's Coffee sponsors us by giving us coffee for our podcast and helping us bring the best podcast to you. Now, here's your part. You go to carolinescoffee.com. You use our code HIRL. That's like the key. The key there is they know that we sent you. You can get anything you want. You can get coffee. You can get tea. You can get you know, anything that's involved in a coffee shop. And realize these are real people in Grass Valley, California, on the mighty slopes of the Sierra Nevadas. Man, that sounds like a commercial, didn't
2: it? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) So uh, go over, use our code, let them know we sent you, and they will continue to sponsor our show and we'll continue to do great shows for you.
2: If your butter needs a pat, there's an app for that. If you need to rat-a-tat-tat, an app for that. We're super excited to have with us today Leah Neiman from leahneiman.com. And uh, Leah, you and I have been homeschool buddies for a lot of years.
3: Yes, we have.
1: Well, hey, welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We're glad you're here.
2: Leah is a uh, homeschooling mom, uh, I guess you'd call that. What do you call that when, you,
1: crazy?
0: when
2: you're you done? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I don't... Well, what's the word? Oh, retired. Well, sure, but you know, what do they call like college I don't professors? Know the word, are... The
1: first word that came to mind was old, but I
2: didn't oh, want to say that because I figured no. the two
3: of you would
1: choke me. So not
2: fair, not fair. So you have two homeschool graduates.
3: Yes, one's in college, and one has just um, launched a business. So we're at that stage of life now.
2: That's great and encouraging and exciting. And I love hearing stories of people who are raising or not raising, have raised homeschool graduates because, hey, it's possible. It gives the rest of us hope. So thanks for going ahead of us. And then also now the reason we have you on the podcast is because you have become somewhat of an expert on online life and wh- how we need to talk to our kids about apps and technology and how to use it well and how not to use it and all of that. So welcome, and we're so glad to have this conversation with you today.
3: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I, I love talking about technology and apps and families, mainly.
1: Well, we we are homeschoolers, so we don't do any of that, right? That's the first <laughs> statement out of the gate. and I And I just want to point this out, Leah. It just seems like there was a time... In Christian homeschooling where it was a void, avoid, avoid. You know, because everything. We were we were wearing different clothing, we were we weren't dating, we were we're doing everything different. So of course we're not gonna give our kids technology. Of course we're gonna stay away from television, movies, and you know oh the <laughs> internet, are you kidding me? That's a pit of Satan.
2: And apps. So and phones and yeah. Um can yeah. can we
1: do that anymore, Leah? Can we do that as parents? Can we just shut off and shut down and go live out in the backwoods?
3: No, no. And one of my favorite stories that I share um, as I talk with parents is when we took my daughter to college, the first thing they said to the kids in the parent kid, they weren't kids, young adult session, was they told those kids to get on social media. So my first thought as a parent was, wow, like if we had not walked our kids through this, they would be learning social media the first time from their peers at college.
1: Oh, that That seems safe, yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
1: Well, and that's kind of what I'm saying is, you know, now, 2017, um, we talk about this, and and I'll just throw Kendra's mom under the bus, and and my dad, (laughs) these are both like anti-social media people, it seems like, Mm -hmm. this is how the world operates. I mean, and I'm not talking uh, the world like worldliness, but um, Denny's, (laughs) They have a right. they have an app that you can get coupons from. This is you know you book reservations for dinner for normal adults,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not teens, you know not kids. These are just normal people. You're using your phone to buy movie tickets. You're using your to phone. banking. Yeah, yeah. All I of that pay stuff. for everything right. with Apple Pay now. I'm right. just any place that doesn't have it, I get disappointed.
3: Yes, yeah. I actually get disappointed um, when new books come out if I can't get it pre order it or get it available on my phone. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, I yes, it's we're so reliant upon interacting with our devices nowadays. It's it's just part of the way we live and function.
1: And and I'm sure you would say you would agree with us that this is not a time for parents to turtle. You know, we, we use the term turtling. I'm just going to pull my head in and I'm going to pretend like it's not there. I mean, we can't do that as parents, right?
3: No, not at all. In fact, this is a time as parents where we actually have um, the, the privilege of walking our kids through technology and showing them how to use it wisely and responsibly. To me, that's exciting that we get to kind of set some of the parameters for those guidelines uh, for usage. So I think we should be rejoicing as parents, like, yay, this is kind of cool that we get to help our kids kind of set some boundaries.
1: You know, I was looking through some of your material. Now, let me just get this very clearly out of the gates, people. This is Fletch. I shoot straight. I'm going to do everything I can as your podcaster. Um, You're not getting to interview Leah like I do. And uh, you're not like Kendra. You don't get to hang out with her in all these cool locations around America. (laughs) So I'm going to (laughs) represent you and tell you you need to go to her website because of the material that she has available. If you do not pick that up during this podcast, then I failed as a podcaster to tell you. She's got some golden stuff. But I was looking at some of her material, and one of the quotes that I just want to I want to throw out here before we start getting into the top five. Technology should bring families together, not divide them. And, you know, I just see a lot of technology dividing, you know, in parents, there's like, turn off your phones, you're not getting a phone until you're, you can pay for your whatever all the rules are. And then I, I look at our family and realize that, we went around Disneyland, God forbid we went to Disneyland too, so I probably just.
2: Oh, man. I know,
1: I just lost <laughs> another group of listeners. But the entire time we were in Disneyland, we had a group family chat going. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what that was? That was easy. <laughs> that was, that was well, easy. It brought us together. Do
2: you remember going to places like that 10, 20 years ago, and everybody had walkie talkies? So, yeah. really, it's just a an, an much better way to do that. And yet, somehow, we are afraid as parents to, to put those tools into the hands of our kids.
1: Yeah, and and that's it. I love that statement, though. Technology should bring families together. This is not something just inherently to be afraid of, right? If you use it well. And thanks, thanks, Leah, for letting us talk a lot about you and promote you because I love what you're saying about this. uh, Well,
3: yeah, and thanks for sharing that quote um, because I, I really i I do believe that with all my heart that it should be something that brings us together as families. And I think a lot of that comes down to so many times we do that. We do what you call turtling and we don't talk about it on the front end. And so then it does become something divisive in our family because we're then managing situations or, reacting. or arguing yeah. about things. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Reacting to situation.
1: All right. Are you ladies ready to dive in top five apps yes. that every yes. parent should know? I think that's what people, you know, they probably saw the podcast like, just tell me what they are. Or they're like, <laughs> they're zipping ahead.
2: And these can change so rapidly. And that's why I appreciate that Leah stays on top of this. And I can ask her about this app or that app. Um, and I had to tell you, just personally, our 17-year-old daughter was telling me a story about a friend of hers who turned 18 a couple weeks ago and then decided to get a Tinder because she turned 18. And she said, well, you know, it's a great dating app. And Abby, my da- our daughter said, it's not a dating app. <laughs> it's a hookup app. That is not the same thing and had to kind of tell this girl like it doesn't matter what age you are that take that off your phone and i think that's part of it they're just changing so quickly we don't know we're not completely informed so leah i appreciate that i can throw this your way and say hey what about this app what about this thing have you heard of this and you always have so what right now are we looking at as the top five apps that parents really need to be aware of
1: well, before okay. we do top five, I, I was looking through this document that Kendra gave me from Leah called "Apps All Parents Should Know." So, what if instead we just give some more broad topics and we just go down five, you know, topics of applications? And let's can we just all agree that we're going to ignore social media? That's one of them. Parents, you should know about social media. You should know about Facebook and Twitter and the big ones. Okay, can we all agree, Kendra? Yep, you absolutely. Can agree with me Cause that's mm-hmm. it's 2017. People, let's get done with right. that one. <laughs> Right, right. All right, so second one, image sharing. What, is, what are the apps in image sharing we should be aware of?
3: Snapchat um, is popular with teens. So I think um, you know, that's one that parents need to be aware of. But when we're talking be aware of it, um, uh, parents really need to be careful that when we're talking about apps, that we don't send the message to our kids that the app causes you – to um, To do things that go against the values that you know you should be displaying. So um, Snapchat is not a sexting app. <laughs> Snapchat is an image-sharing app. And so um, if your child is struggling in that area, then yes, you might not want them on Snapchat. But be very, very careful when we're talking about image-sharing apps that the message that you're sending your child isn't that, oh, that's a sexting app or that's an app where our kids share because that's a character issue. And we need to be dealing with those specific issues while we're walking through our kids, guiding our kids, because our culture is telling our kids that sharing certain images is okay and it's acceptable when it's not. And that's really the heart of the issue of these image sharing apps. Um, so Snapchat is, um, is a big app. Um, that kids like, and it can be you know it can go either way um, you just need to address that app within your family if you 're going to use it if you 're going to not but that 's probably one of probably the biggest image sharing app um, with our younger teens and it's it 's growing because they're they 're really adding a lot to it and it's it 's progressing very quickly that and Instagram will be the second one. Um, in a note on Instagram, there's the whole issue of kids having what we call Finstagram, which is a second account that they only let very few people know about. So they're very, very close friends um, where they just share very, um, very intimate private photos of them being silly or whatever. Um, usually the pictures are unflattering. They're they're really using it in a way that a lot of people would use Snapchat. Um so that's been a big issue with a lot of parents is the what they call Finstagram accounts, where kids will set up a second Instagram account that's hidden from parents or hidden, really hidden from anyone that, um, that they view as kind of an authority figure yep. over them.
1: Leah is so hip to this stuff.
2: <laughs> I know. I actually just learned that term this week. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is our kids told me. Yeah. Hey, this is my Finstagram. I said, you're what? Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they said, you need to follow it. So I don't know what we're doing wrong, but our kids are inviting yeah, <laughs> us. Yeah, that's exactly the- <laughs> what happened to me.
1: It's so funny. But I was going to say the thing about Snapchat, Kendra's got a great Snapchat story because she dove into that world and I haven't. And all my kids always say, I wish you were on Snapchat, dad. So you could see, Abby just told me this morning, I wish you could see uh, Jimmy Fallon's Snapchat. I kind of live for Jimmy Fallon's Snapchat. I'm like, I don't, and this is, I'm not turtling. I just don't have the time for one more more, app on my phone.
3: Right. And I think a lot of us feel like that. Yeah. And I actually, I tell people like, I actually Snapchat my kids and I've, I've enjoyed that, especially now that they're away, um, because it's, it's a way we can kind of keep up with each other. And, you know, I, I tell people really, when you're talking to your kids about some of those, especially the disappearing type, um, image sharing things those are the the conversation you want to have with your kids is okay like snapchat that's for like you really your inner circle of friends your close friends so think about that especially as you have kids at home because you know, those friendships change over time. So when you're snapping back and forth and, you know, you're sharing some of those images that are like, oh, it's like a late night study session or whatever. Like, is that something like that you would normally share with the world? Or is that just for those really close, intimate friends? Mm -hmm. So think about that. And I think sometimes our our kids lose sight of that uh, when they're setting up those social media accounts and everything is just, everything for social media is set for public broad. And so that's another whole conversation that we can have with them as parents is, um, you know, who do you want in this circle based on what the app does and and who you're sharing and what you're sharing over that.
1: So how about the second category called anonymous apps? Uh, Can you give us the number one app out of that category and maybe even tell us what it's all about?
3: I think after school is a really Big one in the anonymous app category right now. Um, And it's growing, and you'll kind of see these kind of pop up, and then, um, you know, another one will become more popular just based on because kids want to be where where others are. So one will become popular and then a new one will pop up. And, and so after school is really growing right now. And that's been marketed for teens specifically. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot of movement in that area. Um, it was actually removed from the app store after complaints from school administrators about bullying incidents. But it's since been updated with a little more moderation and a tighter age verification. So it's back on the store. It uses um, teens' Facebook profile to verify that they're a student at a specific high school before it grants, um, the school's page within the app. But, you know, with all of that and that's, that's great. And I'm glad they put that in place, but it's still, because it's using a Facebook profile, you're still able to get around that a little bit. So if you have, um, enough kids from a school in your Facebook profile, you're still able to kind of get around that and, and get on, on for a specific school. Um, and then once you're on that page, you know, it's easy to get into another school. So, um kids can post videos, images, and it's anonymous. So you can see how very quickly you'd be able to get in there and um, you know, post something mean about another student. Yeah. Um there's there's a lot, a lot of sexual content, a lot um of that. Um they have they say they have a live moderator, but from what I've seen, I, I don't know what they're moderating <laughs> I don't know what they're moderating because I've seen a lot of um, you know, content that I feel like I need to rub salt in my eyes after after reading it.
2: So, <laughs> Are you even familiar with this one, Kendra? Not at all. I
1: don't even like this idea of anonymous apps. So, yeah. hey, we got to learn something on this one. And folks, again, um, this I, I'm looking at this apps all parents should know. This is one listed of about eight. So um, moving on, what about um, live apps? Kendra, you're a fan of the live app. We've done a live app. We've done Facebook live here. Sure. So anything we need to be worried about there, Leah?
3: Well, I think the thing with live streaming is huge. And I mean, even a year and a half ago and then all last year, we really knew that live streaming was going to take off, Um, especially once Facebook released it, because it's kind of like, well, now Facebook has it. So all the parents are live streaming and companies are live streaming. So teens are looking to us for what's okay. Um, So... So the thing about live streaming is, you know, it's we're in that experience now. And from a teen perspective, they're, they're, their thought is, I want to be public. You know, that's the whole thing. The whole thing about being a teen is, you know, being with my friends and being in the moment. And so that's, that's the draw of live streaming um, is that they can all join in that moment and be there now. The pitfall is, is that where are you live streaming from? Are you alone? Are you with a group? Is that safe? Is it, you know, is it wise? Is there something happening that might not be the best thing to be showing on your feed, you know, forever? So, so, you know, Facebook live, definitely. I'm not seeing tons and tons of teens on um, Facebook live. Again, it's kind of where all our parents and things hang out, but hype, hype is one. Um, They kind of jumped on the scene um, when Vine went down. So um, teens really like that. The thing about hype that teens really like is there's a lot of creative options. So you can layer live video with photos and videos and music and text and emojis, which I mean, teens love emojis. And you can also add um, if your audience um, sends like a message or a comment, you can actually add that into your uh, broadcast. So it's it's just very, I call it teenified. So, you know, teens really like it really fits kind of their feel. It's if you go out and look at it, it, it just looks like a, a it, it's a fit for teen audience. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think one of the live platforms that, you know, that we're seeing with teens that they like, um, Instagram live, you know, yeah, it's there and teens can jump on that, but it's not kind of as long lasting. I think is, is something like hype another one, another, and this one's been around for a while is you now, this one is a little worrisome to me, um, because you can actually view it without an account. um, And they've gamified it a little bit in the sense that, you know, there's a thumbs up, the thumbs down, um, and viewers have the option to give gifts to broadcasters. You purchase bars, um, that with real cash. So then you can give premium gifts and things like that.
1: That's just what we need.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: I've got some, I've got some little guys that would stumble into that app and spend (laughs) up a fortune. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think we have to be careful because as parents, we look at it and sometimes make that judgment of that's, Oh, that's ridiculous. Who would spend money? But our kids, you know, they, they have only grown up in a, in a digital world. So that's all they know. So, um, it's, it's YouTube. It's so they're very much enticed by this and it's very much the world that they've grown up in and, and what they love. And so I think as, as parents, we need to really understand that in order to make, bridge that connection and have, um, and have, com- um, have conversations that are, are going to reach their hearts.
1: Now, the granddaddy of them all that maybe a lot of parents are asking about, dating apps. Uh, is there one there that we need to keep our eyes on or be aware of at least as parents that's, that's kind of hot right now?
3: There, there are. So the thing with dating apps is they've been around for a while, um, but now we're starting to see dating apps that are specifically marketed to teens. So um, we're starting to th- see things like um, um, My LOL, um, which is for ages thirteen to nineteen. Um, you know, and someone's like, "Well, it's it's for teens," but think about that age—the ages thirteen to nineteen. So I think most of us, when we're talking about our, our teens, you know, being interested in other people, th- that age gap is pretty wide. Um, and then you're hoping that someone hasn't fudged on their age and that you don't have a 12 year old or a 10 year old on there with a 21 or a 22 or even a 25 year old. Mm. Um, so there's, I mean, there's yeah. just, there's just so much, and that's just a minor thing that I could could mention. Um, but, you know, again, we're talking about you know, kids growing up in a world that's digital and dating apps have been around for a while. So the conversation is there. And like you had mentioned, Kendra, your, your daughter came home and, and it was just like, Oh, it's a, it's a dating app. So, um, so we have to have those conversations with our kids. And I think another thing that I'm hearing a lot, um, from kids, because they have grown up in a culture that just, um, deems it okay to, you know, oh, it's just a one night stand or a hookup. We are fighting as parents, we're fighting that culture as well. So it's not just the app, it's the culture that tells them that, um, oh, it's just a one night stand or a culture that tells them that, that sexting is okay. So it's it even goes beyond the app. It's almost the culture that our kids are slowly steeped in, you know, kind of like putting the frog in the pot and it's a slow boil. So as parents, we're kind of almost fighting that that culture as well.
1: Hmm. Well, you, you mentioned something in there about it's time to have the conversation. And I want to take a quick break from this interview. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a tool that you've provided for parents who are listening to this saying, all right, where do I start? How do I start talking about this? I'm not prepared. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Fletch. I just wanted to jump in really quick in the middle of this episode just to remind you that uh, Kendra's new book is out. We've been talking about this book for a while, Lost and Found, uh, subtitled Losing Religion and Finding Grace. I mean, you've heard the story. If you've been around homeschooling in real life over the past three years, you've heard the story in bits and pieces, but if you just want to sit down and read the story from start to finish. Guys, this is a gripping story of how God um, used a lot of suffering in our family to free us from empty religion and uh, bring us to the gospel. We woke up from our gospel amnesia. Uh, It's a great read. It's a quick read. You are going to just be steeped in the gospel from the front page to the back. You can find it over at newgrowthpress.com. You can find it on Amazon, anywhere you get your books. And I could not encourage you more to pick up your own copy. And we are back with Leah Neiman. We are talking about the top five apps every parent should know about. I probably screwed up the title again, but it's something like that. You know, <laughs> what are the five apps? We're talking
2: five relevant and important apps. How's yeah, that?
1: That's it. That's All good. Right. So uh so that's what we're talking about. We're we're back. We just went over the five apps and, and now we're talking about conversation.
2: Yes. And I you know, Fletch, we hear over and over again from listeners that Uh, after we have an episode, somebody inevitably will email and say, but how do I start this conversation? Doesn't matter what the topic is. There's always somebody who thinks, oh, this is not my area of expertise, or this is where I really struggle, and I don't want to to stop or to start this conversation with my teenager. So, Leah, let's talk about that. How how do you start these conversations, especially I think with a teenager who maybe already has access to apps and a phone and that kind of thing, or with a teenager that you're saying, all right, we're going to start this, we're going to jump into this, we're going to give you a phone, um, but let's start. Let's talk about what our parameters are.
3: I think just. Opening up and beginning to have conversations, um, and trying not to always do those on the back end, and understanding what we bring to the table. Right, so our teens are excited about these apps because they want to be where their friends are. They're they're concerned about being in public, uh, and they might know how to use these apps just fluidly. You know, they just get an app and they just know how to use it. How to upload a photo? How to connect with people. How do what all the emojis mean? And we're still, we're, we're still Googling them. Right. So a lot of times I think we feel like we don't have anything to bring to the table, but what our teens really need us to help them with is what, what do they do when it all spirals out of control? What do they do when they post something and all their friends start to fight? They need us to show them how do you interact in public when things spiral out of control? Or what do we, what do we do when things fall apart and they don't, work the way we thought they were going to work. Those are parenting issues. Those are the same issues that we had when we were growing up and we were teens. It's just happening in a networked public as opposed to a public. Just mm. a. So I think when we really understand that as a parent, um, we, we can start to begin to ask questions like, hey, have you ever received a text message from someone that made you upset? And How did you feel about that? And how did you respond? Because that's the heart of it. That's, that's where our kids really need us to help them.
1: You know, in fact, um, Leah, you've put together this tech talk conversation cards. And again, folks at the top of the show, I was telling you, I want you to go check out, you know, what she has to offer because a chunk of the work has been done. You know, when you're sitting there thinking, how do I talk to my kids about, I mean, and these categories are all over the place general technology and safety. And I, I just noticed one of these questions you asked was, tell me three places or situations where it's not appropriate to use your phone. That's an easy question, but a great question. Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's probably three places that you as a parent think, this is co- okay, it's completely inappropriate to use your phone in our in a bathroom. Wedding. Or in a wedding. Or, <laughs> in you know, yeah, I was thinking like, while I was going like, you know, <laughs> places where like I don't want a that funeral. phone in here yeah probably
2: not a great place. but for- you know
1: your <laughs> kids need to learn that and then you have a section on cyberbullying you know mm-hmm. you have a section on sexting you know the question do you know what sexting is um i mean there's a lot of parents that don't want to have that conversation in general we found out so mm-hmm. that's easy you know what do you do when you get an explicit text um right. so okay they're all over the place and how would you how would you recommend um Leah that people are using these these questions you've put together, what's the, what's the context for using them?
3: I, you know, one great way to use them is just to have family discussions at dinner time or in the car, in the car is a great time because, you know, a lot of times you have your kids undivided attention, especially if you don't allow them to be on their phones or, um, texting or whatever in the car. So, um, we used to use like family trips or car time together to discuss a lot of things. Um, and a lot of times it was because I was reading maybe technology articles or whatever. And I kind of felt like I could, you know, everyone's trapped in the car. So, so it's a great time to start a family conversation. So, you know, with these cards, I, I suggested, you know, print them out, put them on an O-ring, you can throw them in your purse, you can have them in the kitchen, just have them where you're going to see them and where it prompts you to, create those times of family discussion, um, again, so that it's in a proactive type way. And it's not like, okay, we're going to sit everyone down and we're going to have a big lecture because someone did something with their phone this week. And so now we're going to have family discussion, (laughs) you know, don't use them in that way, but just in a way where your family's, you know, having a moment together where everyone's in a good mood and talking. Um, and, and that's a great way to engage your kids because a lot of times you'll find out stuff from your kids that helps you be able to parent them well or you'll find out things that you're like wow I didn't know they had thoughts like this Uh, you know I was worried for nothing or or you'll be able to head off something um so it's amazing when you open up conversations with your kids about technology and social media especially what you learn from them
2: Oh, yeah. And I think staying on top of it is part of the key, but also uh, very, very difficult. So um, thanks for having this conversation with us, Leah. Thank you for all of the materials you've put together. Um, thanks for encouraging parents to have conversations that aren't easy. Um, and just what just the work you're doing within the homeschool community and uh, with parents. Thank you so much.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love being able to talk about technology and families. And, um, yeah, thank you just so much for letting me share with your audience.
1: So where will our audience find you first and foremost, uh, online?
3: They can, um, they can find me at com is my website and I post a new blog every week, and I'm always writing about apps and social media and technology guidelines for the family, so they can find a wealth of information there. And they can also find the Tech Talk conversation cards and the apps All Parents Should Know um, title, they're there as well. And you can also find me on Facebook. Um, you can It's just facebook.com backslash
1: all right. Well, hey, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day and sharing with our audience.
3: And thanks again for having me. All right, Kendra, I've never heard of
1: some of those apps that Leah said, and there are a ton more. So
2: many more. Yeah. You know,
1: that document that she sent to us, she gave us a, a insight. That's why I'm trying to get you people there, because it is... It is totally golden worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't promote things. We don't promote things that we don't 100% believe in. We know this woman. Like, we know her personally. We've spent time with her. Um, and she is on top of it. She, You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, top five apps. Well, there's Facebook. There's Instagram. There's Twitter. There's... <laughs> Tumblr and there's oh, Snapchat or and Pinterest. She's naming things I've never even heard of. I think these are apps that like kids in South America and China are using. No, these are I've our kids and yeah.
2: they're they're using them at youth group and they're using them um, at all these places. And I guess you could take the rope in really, really tightly and give your kids absolutely no freedom. We have seen that in families. Um, we know um, it produces not any good fruit
0: yeah. <laughs> for them.
1: when they get that freedom, mm-hmm. Fast. And far
2: Right. So what's the answer then? The answer is, hey, let's have these conversations and walk with our kids. I mean, that sounds
1: like homeschooling in real life, Doesn't like it? every stinking <laughs> episode we ever produce. So, yeah. yeah, folks, get over there and we'll give you the show notes. All right, so I found out that a lot of you have been kind of showing up on our personal Instagram, Facebook, Twitter feeds. Have you noticed that, Kendra? I have noticed it. Yeah, so um, you know, our fluff guy, Jason, he's a a guy that follows me on Instagram and he's making some cracks about my sweater vest lately. (laughs) 'Cause you know how my boys Jason, like I
2: was gonna say Jason's just joined your children. Yeah, in those so cracks, my kids yeah.
1: like to just point out that I've worn sweater vest. Like I've been rocking a sweater vest since nineteen eighty five.
2: Well, rocking. Hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just wear it all the time. It's part of my uniform. So, um that and a pinch cap. Yeah, that's that's my look. So um but I got another email that came into us um and this actually didn't come in here, it came in on the the Mango Times blog that I, I do on my own. Um and this came from a guy named Paul McAvoy. Who's from Ireland. I think that's where he's from. Cool. I think he's from Ireland. Happy
2: St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, but Day he's after. got this,
1: uh, he started a vlog called Home Ed Dad. And this dude's super cool. He like takes his kids on a Saturday morning. Early morning, he drives out to the beach. This is the kind of thing I would do. Go on an adventure before mom's awake. Take them out to the car. And like he does kind of dangerous stuff with them. Like letting them climb all over the yeah. cliffs and stuff. Yeah. And then he makes bacon, like right next to his car in like a <laughs> frying pan. I'm like, this guy's brilliant. This is the kind of thing I like. So I told him I'd talk about him on, on the podcast. So you got to go check it. I'll have him in the show notes. It's um, Home Ed Dad. And his name is, uh, yeah, Home Ed Dad. He's from cold, damp Northern Ireland. <laughs> Top of the morning you there. Ball. I should have said that to him when I wrote back to
2: him. Lucky charms. That's yeah, what you're exactly. really thinking. I was thinking Lucky. what if they have Lucky Charms in Ireland.
1: No, no, <laughs> they don't.
2: <laughs> They're smarter than that.
1: They, yeah, yeah. They, have, they must have something that like mocks American. They have
2: like Golden Eagle. Yeah, cereal. I,
1: something. something like that, or like yeah. Bald Eagle cereal. Bald yeah. Eagle cereal. Oh yeah, Stars and Stripes. Something like that. <laughs> All right. So is that it for this show? Do we have anything else? Oh, please I feel no. Like we've,
2: Leah just said it all, and we don't need to add a thing to her. Okay.
1: So we'll be back again next week with another show. In the meantime, you know everywhere to go. You can find us at homeschoolingirl.com. Let us know what you think. And don't forget, carolinescoffee.com. Show our sponsors uh, that you like what we're doing here.
3: Bye, guys. This is Leah Neiman. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at Homeschooling in Real Life or by searching them wherever you download your podcast.